everybody welcome to the 316th edition of the holy backboard podcast i am dustin here in rip city and i got my man sage kicking alive and direct here in beaverton oregon recording directly after a game this hasn't been the the case in a while we usually like to de- decompress but dustin has an early morning and you well, know what i'm usually... playing fortnite no 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 i'm playing fortnite after this so we both have important reasons to start this directly after the game <laughs> well, we also don't usually play the same team back to back and it wouldn't have really made a whole lot of sense to record on sunday when we're, we'd be talking about the timberwolves but then also previewing the same game that we saw and by the time the podcast was released th- this game would have already been yeah exactly uh completed so there there are special cases where it makes sense to switch up the recording but it is directly after the game and portland has a a a bittersweet week i would say uh going two and one on on the week pushing their record 15 and 12 on the regular season sixth best in the western conference Looking back at the week, the Blazers suffered a heartbreaking 121-120 loss to the division rival Denver Nuggets, a game in which they led by 10 going into the fourth and final period, wasted a 40-point effort by Damian Lillard. However, they bounced back as they should and brought the home record above 500, sweeping this mini-series against the Minnesota Timberwolves taking the first one 124 to 118 and then behind 11 three-pointers through three quarters by Dame Lillard the Blazers dominate the Timberwolves from start to end 133-112 Sage it is great to see Dame Lillard looking like an all-star uh, all-NBA performer uh, what have you noticed from him since he returned uh, really Thursday night against the the Denver Nuggets. Well, I think that he's been driving to the basket at a really nice clip in the first I mean, Minnesota that, game. That he got is 15. an understatement oh, yeah. because he had a game where he went 15 for 15 from the line. I believe it was the first Minnesota game. So just about are, to say that <laughs> there are, I didn't mean to steal your thunder. So I apologize, but there are so few players that can dictate a game at the foul line and for him to do it at six one six two it's at in his what 10th 11th year in the league it's it's really incredible i think that when he drives to the the lane he's very very healthy and is feeling good inside his body because when he doesn't and just shoots those long-range bombs sometimes they go in but sometimes they just miss because the degree of difficulty in the shot so when he's driving and getting to the line a lot, you know he's feeling good. So I, I think we're in the middle of a classic Dame heater where he's just going to score 40 points for the next eight games, six games, and we don't know when it's going to stop, but eventually it will stop. But the, the heater is on, and I mean, I, I'm curious about how many points he needs to get to Drexler's record because I think that this heater that he's on 
is gonna it's it's gonna make the game the the record breaking be a little faster than than we uh expected. I mean, you talk about the the heat is on and it is game time right now in uh, the Rose City, averaging 38 points per game over the last three contests. Uh, shot 55% against Denver, 41% in that first Timberwolves game. But as we mentioned, got to the line 15 times, made all 15. I believe he's done that um, at least three times in his career. Um, or excuse me, he is tied for third most in the league. I didn't quite get catch the broadcast and how many times he has done that but i did see that only two other players have done it more than he has and then he shot 62 percent tonight so he's doing it effectively his assist numbers have been beautiful uh 20 assists combined in uh thursday and saturday's contest didn't really need to assist too many times when you're 11 for 17 from downtown as he was tonight against minnesota um I don't have the numbers in front of me, but I do think it will happen within this calendar year. Uh, unfortunately, I do think it's going to happen on the road trip. Yeah, we're on is, a we're on a pretty southwest heavy trip. Yes, which is a bit of a bummer. It would be pretty interesting if it does happen that third road trip game when Portland is in Houston, because of course Clyde Drexler is an mm-hmm. announcer for the Houston Rockets. Um, but we shall see how things go. I so one say, question. I have about the uh, Blazers since Dame is healthy right this second. Maybe the 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 the, him going knee to knee with one of the Timberwolves wings scared me, but he's healthy. And I find that when he's healthy, Jeremy Grant and Yusuf Nurkic takes a pretty big uh, haircut in terms of usage and like the time they get with the ball. Do you think there's a way that they could make it so like? They make Jeremy Grant and use of big parts in the the first quarter and then make it so those guys get the amount of responsibilities with the ball that they actually deserve because Dame's going to do what Dame's going to do. And sometimes the ball just doesn't swing to Jeremy or Yusuf because the ball just doesn't do that. Is there a way that we could force feed them more usage by like our rotations so Dame and Yusuf can play together and Jeremy and Ant can play together because I just see like when all of them are on the court, Jeremy's chilling in the corner or the wing and he's not getting the ball as much as he was without Ant, without Dame or Ant, which is obviously going to happen when you have an MVP candidate on a, all, all, on a heater. But it seems like those two are just not getting the ball. I'm not trying to make this player out to be the scapegoat at all, but you wanted to know how it happens. Anthony Simons is the one that needs to be taking the the haircut uh, because Damian Lillard is an all NBA caliber player. You mentioned his return. Everyone seems to feel a little bit more at ease. Everyone seems to kind of know that they're comfortable in their own role. They don't have to be the man and, and really carry that burden of the face of the franchise and everything that entails. You're number one on the defensive scouting reports on a nightly basis. You're facing two to three defenders at all times. You don't have to do that. Dame is here and he's taking that off of your plate and putting it onto his. So you're absolutely right in that observation. I've noticed that as well. Everyone just feels a little bit more at ease and you're kind of seeing the offense really flow. What caught my eye and everyone was talking about Dame and Ant each going over 30 for the first time in their careers together. I kind of wanted to look at that that box score 
were because obviously, you know, I watched the game, but I want to know how much, uh, how much of, you know, the, the, the Thanksgiving Christmas dinner that Dame and Ant were taking from everyone else. And they took 44 of the team's 83 shots. They each took 22 shots. You factor in Dame got 15 free throw attempts. That means he's got the ball at least seven additional possessions where uh, baskets were, were accounted for. That is a large chunk of the pie. So to me, the only way there's two ways that you can get your secondary and uh, role players more involved. The first one you touched on, it has to be their rotations. The rotations right now, I think, are very unoriginal and unimaginative. It's Dame and Jeremy play the entire first and the entire third. And if shit hits the fan, they come, come just Chauncey just rushes over to them and says, come in as quickly as possible in the second and fourth periods. And not only is that wearing them down, but you're getting the same players involved. I do would really like to see him find a way to 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 stagger those minutes, like we've talked about. Because when Dame's at his best, he has the ball in his hands. When Anthony's at his best, he has the ball in his hands. They've got to stagger use of too. Exactly, um, but I think. Dame has better floor vision. I think Dame has a better feel for the game. I think he knows where the mismatches are. Anthony's still really figuring this out. Despite being in the league since 2018, 2019, he really, this is only a second year of getting meaningful minutes. So it's understandable that he is clearly not at, at Lillard's level or even really approaching it. But but I think that the second, and I think it's a more, hmm. I think it's a, a more actionable approach because I don't know if you can just tell Coach Phillips to change your rotations 25 games into the season. Most coaches are tried and true by by who they like to put in at, at a certain time. I think you just really need to make it a point to run certain sets. Now, it doesn't necessarily mean that the play is going to be called for Yusuf or Jeremy, but can the ball be placed in their hands? Can they bring the ball up the court? Can you just dump it off to Yusuf in the paint? Can you get him the ball at, at the three-point line and let him find cutters, let him run flare screens and back screens for your shooters? Like Get them involved, not just by shooting the basketball, but actually physically letting them touch the basketball. And what what I see a lot of the time from the Blazers, and especially in the second half of game. So if you really, really watch the Blazers when the game gets into crunch time, that beautiful basketball you see through the first two and a half quarters, it kind of deteriorates and they really fall back into what they've known really in the Lillard era. And it's one on five ISO dribble, dribble multiple seconds off that shot clock and hope a tough shot goes in. Like there's a lot of, you know, hot potato, Dame takes a shot, Ant takes a shot. I think they have to trust the talent on the team. I think they have to trust the play sets. Sure, there's always going to be a time and place for, for Dame to go one-on-one and, and get a big-time bucket. But when your offense is consistently one-on-one, get a bucket, not only is that easier for the defense to uh, come up with, you know, counters for, you're, you're going to wear down your star player and – as he continues to take those shots, the the level of difficulty continues to increase. So I, I, to, to your point, they just have to run plays 
to get these guys just involved so they can become a decision maker. We trust Jeremy. We trust Yusuf with the ball in their hands, whether it's a, a catch and shoot three from Jeremy in the corner or Yusuf getting the ball at the high post. I trust both of those players to make the right decision. Yeah. And I, I ran a uh, I ran a thing just looking. I, I just wanted to see what it was like with Dame and uh, Jeremy and Yusuf on the floor. And I didn't care about the fifth one. It's, it's almost always Josh. Uh, Justice has played one, one minute with those, with those four. And, Dame has the ball in his hands like it's classic James Harden, Luka Doncic. And Josh Hart obviously takes a humongous uh, cut in responsibility with the ball in his hands. But Jeremy Grant does as well. And he's the most efficient when those five are on the when those four are on the court together. So he's he's being the most efficient, but not getting the ball enough to the point where he's kind of like, this is what we worried about a few weeks ago when, when those five are together or those four are together. I don't really care who the fifth person is when those four are together, Jeremy Grant takes the, 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 the haircut. He is the one that doesn't get the, the love that he deserves. And we've seen it this year when Dame or Ant is out, Jeremy Grant steps the fuck up because he is built for extra usage. Whereas Jeremy, as where Josh Hart, or Justice Winslow, based on the player that they are, they can't really take more usage. They're going to do what they're going to do. Justice, you know, there's so many issues with him offensively. And uh, Josh, he's not, unless we're just so deprived of talent, he's really not going to be the guy. When he was the guy last year, it was because we didn't have any star next to him. Now that there are stars on the court and they, by nature, get the ball more, Josh isn't that big of a factor. So when when we have any injury issue to one of our big three others in Jeremy Grant, you know Jeremy Grant's going to take it. So the 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 worry was what's going to happen when all of these guys come and play. And this year, when those four have been together, Jeremy Grant's the, the one that's not taking it. So in those in the uh, Minnesota game today, I saw like the first three possessions. It was Jeremy Grant taking it to the hoop or trying to score. I think that if we're if we're going to play those four together, you're going to have to try and ma- manufacture good opportunities for Jeremy Grant because he can't bring the ball up. Yusuf and Jeremy aren't bringing the ball up. Anton Dame can manufacture their own shot whenever because the ball is in their hands. The ball will always fly to them. So I think that if if it was me in the in the coaching room, I'd be like, yo. You got to get Jeremy some open shots. You got to get used to some open shots. They are our defenders. They are the reason we are as mediocre defensively as we are. Is those dudes? You got to get them inspired to play defense. So I, I really hope they focus in on getting Jeremy Grant those easy opportunities and putting him in rotations when it's not those big four. To he is one of the one or two guys on the court that knows what to do with it the ball in his hands. And I think that might be just like, I, I hate to say it, but like maybe justice Winslow's use of usefulness is going to go down because we need Jeremy Grant to have the ball in his hands. And, and I think there's a safety of justice with the ball in his hands, but in order to get the most out of, uh, of Jeremy Grant, he has to have the ball in his hands 
And a good way of doing that is in those when he's playing with any bench player, he's got to be the, that guy. I mean, beautiful game tonight from Jeremy Grant. Only has to play 32 minutes because of the, the blowout victory. 24 points on 12 shots, 7 of 7 at the line. Super uh, efficient. Super. He's always super efficient and super effective. I liked seeing Anthony Simons, his field goal attempts hovering in that 13 to 15 range. Um, I, I just don't think Dame and Ant shooting 40 to 44, 40 to 45 times a night is the recipe because you can say, Dustin, they got hot and they won that game. Sure. They got hot that, that one time. But when we talk, I remember we discussed this maybe two or three years ago, but like playoff basketball, who are playoff performers and what, what type of basketball is successful in the postseason? You're starting backcourt shooting the ball 45 times is is not going to win four out of seven matchups. So you have to get these other players involved and we don't, I mean, we have been, but I think the, the Blazer fans really need to start giving Nurk that, that love because he more than held his own in this matchup, actually all three games uh, against Jokic mm-hmm. and Rudy Gobert twice, you know, tonight, 14 and 16 with four assists, four of eight from the field gets to the line nine times. Like that is super effective, super efficient, made Gobert really become even more of a drop big because he was a really cognizant of Nurk on that role. Yes, I know the threes aren't dropping right now, but just I, I like him taking two to three a game wide open. That that threat is still there. It's a good shot within the offense. And if he does hit it, that's another element. Rudy has to come. To, he, has he has to be to in that area. And just yeah. think about if Rudy Gobert is away from the paint, what does that create for the other four players driving lanes? And yeah, the the it, I'm if it's a wide open shot in the flow of the offense, I trust him to make it more than two of our major players that play major minutes. Like I don't know. It it, it I feel I, in previous years I felt super not secure with his decision point to shoot that shot, but this year. He's definitely went to the lab and got that that confidence and that you just have to be able to shoot it. Like I know that there's players in the in the NBA that will be out there in the corner and not shoot it. He actually is a threat of shooting it. And the only way you can make buckets is if you shoot the ball. So it's kind of like, yeah, he, he's doing everything you've you've asked for. And especially like in the the money that you're paying him, he's putting up really good games against elite quality bigs like in the last 10 games that minnesota shelled out for for rudy gobert essentially six first round picks i wouldn't say he's an upgrade over over nurkic i think they're on a similar trajectory maybe a, a higher a slightly higher upgrade but not six first round picks worth of an upgrade so when you look at these centers around the league you're not going to get Jokic and you're not going to get Embiid. I think what Portland has is pretty damn solid. And to talk about Jokic, uh, incredible player, back-to-back MVP, nearly had a 33-point triple-double against Portland. But the game changed when Nurkic picked up three fouls in that third quarter. He had to go to the bench because he was giving Jokic everything on the offensive end. Nurkic had 21 points on 9 of 10 shooting in that game. 
And he also grabbed nine boards, two steals and two blocks. Like he, it was a phenomenal performance by Nurkic. It was uh, made even more, um, I think, laughable to me because the drunk guy sitting next to me kept calling him a bum. And I was like, are you like, stop drinking, like put down the booze, sir, because there was nothing bummy about Houston Nurkic's performance. I, I Oh. That that, that I, I sat next to um, just two two of a kind. The, the guy on the right boos Brittany Griner's face when she appears because it was the day that she was uh, released back into the the states. And it, if anybody knows me outside of this this podcast, I'm very mild mannered. Uh, I'm pretty non controversial. Takes a lot for me to kind of open my mouth. And I was just like, I looked at him. I was just. Like, what the, what the fuck is wrong with you? Like, why are you doing that? And he's like, she, she hates America. And I was like, well, yeah, I heard that before. It's like, first of all, like your, your source is, a, is it your uncle's parlor account? Because I, I don't know where you're coming from. And I was like, that, that's, that's kind of fucked up. And he's like, you, you can't, you can't trade her for, for a, a terrorist like she's just a basketball player if it was damian lillard I, I wouldn't do the trade either and i said she's not just a basketball player she's a human being and he finally he shut the fuck up so well, the, i mean like the 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 grinder situation was just it just shows the foreign policies that's so racist and so mis- misogynistic <laughs> got that on the second try that's a that's a difficult word one but like it it just shows that the internal racism and the hate of women in the country that we're in so it's just you know it's great to celebrate accomplishments and the people and the family and the organizations that uh that got that helped get her out deserve to be commended but man well, there's a long way to go with the uh the 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 treatment of uh people of color and you know women and lgbtq people so you know, it, it's great that we want we got this victory, but there's a long road for victories for everybody else. And uh, yeah, so like I, I mean, and there's more dudes. Uh, no, sorry, there's more people like those. Uh, the what would I assume are white white men. You this know, person like, was a, a white man, and, and yeah. I was uh, I, I was just like I, I was thinking to myself on the right. I was like, a human being is being reunited reunited with their family, and that's your mm-hmm. reaction. To mm-hmm. boo at a basketball game, what, what, just some things need just you need to shut your mouth and just don't. If you like, you you almost have to go back to the golden rule. Like, if you don't have anything nice to say, don't don't say it at all. So, um, very very it was it was it was a good news day to see that that BG returned home, and I think you have to give a lot of love and credit to the WNBA as a whole. They kept her top of mind the entire time. That she was gone, uh, really got the NBA on board with that. There, they they really, uh, I think Chauncey said this in the press conference. Like there, there was a there was not a day that went by where they were not discussing her freedom. And you really have to commend them for going as hard as they did because it could have been really easy, given everything that's going on, to kind of forget that she is over there. But they didn't, and. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's really good that that she is back home. Yeah, totally. I mean, yeah, uh, there's more dudes like that guy that did that in this world that 
than you imagine. We're we're in a very Portland centric bubble or bubble, but you know, there's a good number of people that think that way. So I, I'm proud of you for making your point and making it home safe because that's really the biggest key when you know trying to make uh make statements like that is you gotta be sure that you're you're home safe at the end of the day because people are dumb and will look for an excuse to 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 do something when they feel slighted so i'm very happy that you you said your piece and moved on uh switching gears quite a bit we we discussed dame and his his brilliance kind of returning to form i am am i like i think do i have like what's the word i'm thinking of it, Am I just too scared that he's going to get hurt again? Because all I think about when I see him out there, I see him play those 12 minutes and then Chauncey just rushes over. He he brings him in at the eight or nine minute mark of the second and then the fourth quarter. Sage, he's coming off of his second re-aggravation of, of a lower leg injury after missing the entire se- nearly the entire season last year with an abdominal injury that he's been dealing with. Um he only, had to play, again, bro. he only had to play 29 minutes tonight, but that was because the game was out of hand. He was well on his way to another 38, 39 minute performance, mm-hmm. but he played 38 minutes against the Nuggets in his first game back, or excuse me, his second game back. And then he played 41 just, just to get a win over the Timberwolves in December. Um, my question for you is, Will we see a change, or is this just how it has to be? And if if Dame gets hurt long term, will we have to kind of deal with it as the as the fans? Because I feel like it's it's out of our control. But to me, it, it seems really reckless that the organization is going so hard and so intense so soon after an injury with a player who's he's not spry by any stretch of the no, imagination. No, no, I mean I think this is what we have to deal with in terms of you know, rotations with Damian Lillard. And I I know like earlier in the summer, you were like, we're, we have to rest him. Like, there's no way this dude rests him. There's zero chance because of the mentality of like, you know, Chauncey, you know, celebrating people playing hurt and stuff like that. There's no way that we're going to ease him in. I, I assume that Dame is going to get nicked and hurt one more time again this year. He's going to go once he returns, he's playing 35 minutes minimum. You know that if he didn't have the transcendent quarter, he was going to have to play that fourth quarter. Like it, it's, we, I don't know who it is, Cronin, of playing Dame these minutes, but it, 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 it from all of the things that we are looking at, this is what he's going to do. And I don't expect anything to happen where he uh, doesn't play extended minutes. Like, it, it, it is what it is. It, it, we did not hire somebody with long-term thoughts about Damian Lillard. I really think, like, as, as Gary Payton arrives, if we have to treat him different than we're treating Damian Lillard just because it's been such a long time of his absence, he has to play in those four-minute spurts. But the second that that leash is off of Gary Payton's minutes, I think that he'll throw him in too in those long ass 
Like he's just going to play his guys until those guys are unavailable. And then we're going to rely on Jeremy Grant to carry us those games that they're out with these injuries, man. Like I, so I don't see, I don't see it. I don't see how we, yeah, it's there's, there's two reasons why it's kind of freaking me out. The first one is the long-term approach. You have guaranteed you have invested. I did a rough math. Damn near $193 million over these next four seasons, including this year. This is a lot, lot of money. And I I have a feeling that Dame is also going to pick up that $63 million option in that fifth season. So you add that in there, that's over 200, that's a quarter of a billion dollars you have invested in Damian Lillard. The second point is for this season. Your goal is to get home court advantage. Your goal is to win at least one round in the playoffs. You need him to have three quarters of a tank, a full tank of gas going into that postseason because he is going to be seeing so many different types of defense. He's going to have to keep this. That's when you have to play him 38 to 40 minutes. I fully understand that, but he is not going to have that tank of gas ready to go. He's going to be like he normally is probably below half a tank and he and he might have enough to get you through one round, but as we've seen over his his career, he's always ran out of gas because of everything he's had to do to carry the franchise uh, just just to the postseason. So uh, I just we're playing the Nuggets. If the season ended today, we'd play the Nuggets, right? We're six, uh, they're three. Yes. So you don't think that they're going to involve Damian Lillard in everything? To make him, well, I mean, I would tired? first of all, I would lo- love to play Denver because neither. Yeah, team I wish really... it was a different team as well to you know make my point better. But like, but like... That, that, but that's the thing though. Even putting up fifty-five points like he did in twenty twenty-one, he still had to exhaust a lot of a lot of energy, and that's that's what he does. But because he used up so much to get us there, like there was nothing left. Like. So I I just I really want to see this this team succeed. I I don't think December wins against the Minnesota Timberwolves are are worth it. I would have loved to have seen Keon Johnson getting a little bit of run. And I'm just talking about chopping off two or three minutes here, extending his time on the bench just by a little bit, coming in at the sixth minute mark instead of the eight minute mark. You know, you go back to that Denver game. And Keon gets subbed in for Anthony Simons, who who picked up, I think, those two early fouls. He, he played the last like six seconds and he got a defensive uh, stop and he hit a, a quarter ending three, a buzzer beating three. And he didn't come back in the game. And, and I'm not saying that Keon Johnson would have won that game, but he's still a young player who needs time to develop and. Listen, Portland lost that game regardless. So would you have rather lost that game and Dame had to have gone balls to the wall? Or would you have rather lost that game and gotten a little bit more out of Keon? Like, I think you need to start trusting. If you're Chauncey Billups, you have to start trusting your team. The Denver game also showed Jeremy Grant, the reliance on him defensively and offensively is off the charts. He did not get one break in that second half. You know, I think I'm more of a trend in Watford fan than you are, but I think he still is deserving of playing five to seven minutes in the second half. And if you can't trust him to play five to seven minutes in the second half, then then really what's, what's he doing? Like, yeah, you have to get players that can play 
both halves of of the ball and the coach has to to trust them and you know when we're talking about oh why is Jeremy Grant giving up so much space to Jamal Murray for for that game winning three well one he was probably mentally and physically just exhausted if you watch I watched him you know in when 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 our bigs are jumping and then falling because they're so exhausted it's not a good look I remember uh I think it was the first Jazz game Yusuf could not land correctly because they were he was just so gassed. So when you're seeing your players, and I, I remember Jeremy Grant falling on the ground a lot this week, and it wasn't like he was jumping weird. He was going straight up, straight down, and then his legs just gave out. You know that's not a good look for your your, your team when all of your bigs are just falling because they're they're that tired. What are your thoughts on Jeremy Grant continuing to guard point guards down the stretch? It's a necessary evil until uh, Gary Payton comes back. In my mind, um, you know, I'm, I, I'm, I don't think Josh Hart's is a good, as good of a defender as everybody else does. So I, I much rather trust in, in those clutch moments, trusting Jeremy Grant against Jamal Murray than Josh Hart, because Josh Hart in those clutch moments switches way too easily. Jeremy Grant's gonna at least stay solid. So for me, it it, it it's a necessary evil until Gary Payton comes back, or it might be a necessary evil for the entire year. If it's clutch minutes, and yeah, I'd much rather have Jeremy than Josh or Justice or whoever. I mean, he he's just one of the two defense players on the team. So, so if it's one play, yeah, I'd, I'd much rather have Jeremy than anyone else. He has the he has the largest bag of of thing of ways to stop a guard or a way like the best player than anyone else. So, I mean, unless we brought out Shaden Sharp for one singular play, I, I, I think that just I, I think that Jeremy's the guy. It, it's tough, but yeah, like we we put so much reliance on the those big four. And eventually, those big four are just going to give out. And the fact that we spent money on players to play these minutes, because of the way we play, our bench is one of the worst in the league. But we have quality players off the bench. It's just Nasir's hurt, so we should give Shaded more minutes. But I feel like we don't. I mean, another thing to... uh, Lessen the load for Dame is he's just when he's on the court, he does everything for us. I think this is this is the team where you can drop down to 24% usage instead of 30. You you can afford to let Ant or Jeremy or Josh or Yusuf make a decision because when he's in, he it's it's him, he, he it's Timothy. Damian Lillard is him, so it's like, but you don't need to be him every game. Every second you're in the game, I get it. Like you make the best decisions, but empower, empower Jeremy, empower Yusuf, empower all of these players because eventually you're going to need them to step up in the playoffs. So, uh, you mentioned Shaden Sharp, and um, yeah, I thought it was really fun watching him tonight in that fourth quarter finally kind of feel like he was loose and able to kind of take take over where he wanted to uh 
14 points, seven of 12 shooting, seven rebounds, which is uh, one of the bigger nights that we've seen from Shaden. And I yeah, think he, that, he just, he, when he's in, he just doesn't do shit unless he scores. So yeah. those seven rebounds was clutch. It was cool to watch him be aggressive out there. I, I get the sense that when he plays with the more rotational guys, like he just, he kind of is just kind of like out there, like not in to the screw corner. up. Like, mm-hmm. I, I don't think he's like, well, shit, like if, you know, you see Dame and Ant shoot the ball all the time. Well, Jeremy needs some shots. Yusuf needs some shots. So he's like, you know, if if I'm if I don't make my first one, like, do I just do I just chill? So when people say like he hit the rookie wall, I think there is some, I think there's some truth to that. But I also think that he's still feeling his way through his rookie season. Like he didn't play organized basketball. <laughs> it's at been all. two years since he played comp ball. That's and, a, there's a difference between playing practice and high school in an actual game twice a week. He's playing back to backs four and five nights. You know, he's going to go on a six game road trip in 11 days. Like you're playing high level basketball. And when everyone kind of went out, he's like, okay, Shaden, it's, you know, Jabari's going to defer to you. Keon's going to defer to you. Trendon will find you. And, and you really saw him get more comfortable out there. One dribble pull-ups, uh, off the curl, uh, the the dunks, the I mean, just you you saw the Shaden that 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 we had seen earlier on in the season. So I think with Shaden, it's important to just one realize he's still dealing with uh, the pinky. He still has that taped, and I I think it is impacting his long range jump shot. The sh- jump shot looks a little bit different than it did prior to getting hurt in Charlotte, but also be patient with him because he's still trying to figure everything out and do it as a 19 year old rookie when you've got an nba 75th greatest player on your roster you've got two other potential all-stars like there's a lot of good talented players that are still above him right now so i i think you should just enjoy the the brilliance when, when it's there and if he has a bad game like he's a rookie basically straight out of high school like you look at Drexler's rookie stats and he came out after a junior. They're not, they're pretty similar to what we're seeing for, from Shaden now. Uh, Kobe did not have great rookie year stats. Like it just, it takes players some time and a uh, quick dribble pass or shoot for you, Sage. I think Portland is going to need to trade one of their wing players to open up a more well-rounded defined spot for Shaden to kind of grow. Think of him as like a a, 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 a plant that you get at the store. Like you find the pot he needs ready, but then he starts to grow. You need a bigger pot for him. So you got to, you know, repot it. And then sooner or later, like, oh shit, it's growing so much. I need another pot. You get a bigger pot for him. So I, I, I would shoot that. I think they, they, they're going to need to get rid of one of their wings um, and just carve out 20 to 25 minutes a night, whether it's this season or next, for him to really kind of take off. Well, I feel like when – I feel like he plays a lot of his minutes with Aunt Jeremy and Nurk. You can't really say Dame plays a lot with him because of his injury issues. So it's like when he when he when he knows he's the best guy, he's he's going for his. But when there's three usage monsters in front of him, he's playing like Tony Snell. He's just standing in the corner shooting when the ball is given to him and playing defense. He's Tony Snell. Now, when there's more opportunity, he obviously takes it. But with 
two 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 and a half all stars. Can't really expect him to be the all encompassing guy that you know you see you've seen in this year. So I, I get it. That's why I really would like for him not to play with two usage monsters, and then you know because of the shot hesitancy. It kind of it, like when he's in it, it's a bigger deal when he doesn't take the shot. So, so what is the most favorable shade and sharp lineup? You can pick any four other blazers to play alongside him. And you say, this is the lineup that he is going to shine brightest and the team's going to be most impactful. Uh, the one that happened the most is Anthony, Jeremy, Josh, Yusuf and him. The best is Anthony, justice, Nurkic, Nasir and him. But I, it kind of makes sense that justice doesn't really affect him. Nasir gives him space. Yusuf is his best combo. Like Yusuf and him are really connected. So it kind of makes sense. And then you have Anthony to take a lot of the pressure away. Then Shaden's that number two dribbler. So I kind of get it. But who would your four be? Just off an- anecdotally, subjectively. Um. Yusuf has to be there. I think I think Nasir would help him a lot. But I mean they don't play. I mean Nasir's hurt, but I think that his spacing helps. I think that Anthony would be good and then maybe a guy that's I guess I guess Justice is good because he is a willing passer. I mean Dame Dame is just not the, the guy to help Shaden Sharp right now. Cuz he Dame is just him so it's not like he's not gonna go out of his way to help a young rookie get from uh, comfortable Anthony's would pass to Dame or to Shaden more than Dame because I would I would swap Ant for Dame because I I think I'm just looking at the I I, I guess because I'm looking at the stats and stuff yes but I I don't know I I mean right now it's what's most successful but maybe I I think Dame would also missed more more time than he's played yeah, well, it, and Ant just played so much more minutes, so and then she's like, kind of subjectively had, just, yeah. just off. Well, the yeah, I would probably have to replace Ant with Dame, but right now it just seems like I don't know. It, it's tough that we're like we're actively competing. It, it, no secret. So it's like it's kind of like the Houston Cougars. They have this guy Jarris Walker, who's uh, like a blue chip talent, but this blue chip talent is. A, a freshman playing with a bunch of se- juniors and seniors trying to win a, the number one team in the, the NCAA. Are they really going to go from, you know, these juniors and seniors trying to win to let Jairus Walker do well? Oh, so I can't even blame. Well, I can, I, I, I can find a way to blame Chauncey Billups for this, but I can't really. Like the, the ultimate goal for them so far is to make the playoffs not develop shade and sharp. Now that might be a, 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 a bad idea in my mind, but that's what the, that's the direction they chose. All Got right. to talk Let's... about the Houston Cougars. I feel so, <laughs> so liberated about that. Let's go into the upcoming slate of games. You had a rough week Sage going uh, one and two. I went two and one. Um, we both got the Denver game wrong. You predicted a split with Minnesota. I said Portland would sweep. So the standings, I am at 17 and 10. You are 18 and nine with a one game lead. So 
we will go through the first three games on this road trip starting Wednesday in San Antonio against the Spurs, a team the Portland Trailblazers have already matched up with this year, uh, taking that first game back in November 117 to 110. If you remember that contest, um, and I do because I was recovering from a minor foot procedure. So I was sitting in bed watching the game on my phone with like the, that was the only entertainment that I had. Portland damn near lost that game. Um, oh, the they, Spurs they, played really, they, really well. They played really well. Uh, Drew Eubanks was a spark off of the bench. Uh, this is when Yusuf just recovered from whatever ailment, right? And was yeah. bad. By the way, shout out to Drew for that poster dunk Saturday uh, over Gobert. That was nuts. Uh, love seeing that. But this was a game where Portland really could have could have lost. They, they didn't seem uh, all the way dialed in. But yeah, I was at that game. Like I know the TV cameras, you know, doesn't show everything. So when you're there, it it definitely. The the Spurs are like the worst defensive team and the worst offensive team in the league. So, though the I think the way Jakob, they Jakob Pertl was a problem. Oh, he was a f- massive problem. Thirty one. I think Devin Vassell 14, was good too. Thirty one and fourteen on fourteen of seventeen shooting with five dimes and a block. Uh, just an absolute force. Portland had no answer. Uh, for, for Pertl, he's been kind of like a low key blazer. Uh, thorn in our side for quite some time uh so first and foremost that's going to be my my big like i think he's out bud well that would be a marvelous because because zach collins and charles bassey were the starting uh you say less blazers win say absolutely (laughs) less there's with no jacket hurdle dubsky yeah i believe i believe he was out and keldon had a tum tum issue where he was uh I mean, I would rather play with the flu than pooping my pants. So I, I, I get it. But uh, I, I mean, you can actually play with the flu. Michael Jordan proved it. I, I stomach issues. I that ain't for me. But um, yeah, I think I think that you just have to know your personnel against this team. Like, I think the zone is not a good issue, not a good thing to do to utilize because it's a very well coached bat team. So they know how to break a zone. They proved that they could break a zone against us in that last game. So if we revert to the zone, they're just going to score at a much better pace. They they know they're a shitter team, <laughs> the Kelvin Johnson thing. So they know they're a bad team. So step on that throat early and often, and they'll realize that they are a bad team. We gave them confidence. Did you? I mean, I remember Devin Vassell doing the the. Uh, Penny Hardaway step back. He was that like Im- he was that empowered in that game. They thought that they could actually win, and that's why they made the game out of it. So, I think they're without Jakob, it's it's going to be an uphill climb. So, I think the Blazers do win, but it, there's definitely players you have to. I think it, it might be more challenging than than we're making it out to be. Uh, the stats say that the Spurs are the worst team in the league. Yeah. Uh, they have a, a minus 10 differential between mm-hmm. what they score and what they give up. Uh, they're nine and 18 second worst in the West. However, they've won three consecutive games uh, defeating. Let me see where I had it up. Defeating Houston at Miami and Cleveland tonight. Uh, but prior to that, they had lost 11 straight. So a little bit of, of an enigma. You're not really sure which team you're going to get like this is definitely a tanking team but on any given night they could decide to show up 
but I, I agree with you. I, I think Portland gets it done. You're, they're playing for more. Um, this, this, this is, this is a must win start off the road trip. Uh, you always want to start off the road trip with, with, with a W. Um, and then Portland moves on. Would you trade for Jakob? I know we don't have the assets, but would you trade? Would Do you feel that he's better than Yusuf? He's not uh, enough of an upgrade for, for Yusuf for me. And I, I don't think, think that he is an upgrade. I think he's too good to be a backup. So yeah. no, I wouldn't. Um, then Portland uh, takes on Dallas on Friday. Dallas, this is the second matchup with the Mavericks this year in Big D. Portland closed off their first road trip of the year with a 117 to 112 loss in Dallas. Um, that was a game where it was back and forth. They had the lead, and then Spencer Dinwiddie just went nuts. Yeah, from, that's when he was awesome. From downtown, uh, Jeremy Grant had a big night, but uh, they just they didn't have enough in the tank. Uh, 37, in fact, for JG. But the Mavericks have been uh, pretty disappointing this year. 14 and 13 on the season, but they are dominant at home, 11 and 4. Sage, how how would you defend the Dallas Mavericks? Obviously, they have one of the game's finest players in Luka Doncic. Uh, are you of the mind where you let Luka get his and make sure the, the Dinwiddies of the world are quiet? Yeah, you don't or, let Spencer and Tim Hardaway uh, Jr. Or do you take the ball out of Luka's hands um, completely and say, no, Tim Hardaway, you try and score 50 on me? I, I think that him... I think Luca's just going to bully ball his way into 40. I think that you stop Spencer, you stop Tim Hardaway, you stop uh Josh Green who was out today, but you 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 try and stop those those the other pieces. I think Luca is just going to get his regardless. You just don't want those other guys to join him in being uh elite cuz I I think that the reason we lost was that we let Luca go for his and then Spencer and Tim hit 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 clutch threes if you if you uh don't zone up in those situations those guys don't find that the crease in the zone for those open threes because i i I mean spencer hit some tough shots but he all those guys also hit top of the like they just found the spots in the zone and hit threes or of of letting luca get his and then stopping the the other pieces and then attacking Christian Wood every chance he's on the court because he's such a bad defender. So if you could put Yusuf in that pick and roll, get him into that that spin zone, get fouls and easy buckets, I think that's going to be huge because I, uh, Jason Kidd said on the radio, this is why we don't play Christian Wood in clutch minutes. He's such a bad defender. Like, in nicer coach speak. But, like, you know, I mean, like, he 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 knows why he doesn't do it. The fans just don't know because he's so good offensively but so bad defensively i think this might have to be a a trend in game uh i just don't see dallas going traditional bigs uh tonight at home they defeated the thunder but dwight powell just played 15 minutes uh christian wood just played 20 so there was plenty of minutes where they went incredibly small Mm -hmm. um i don't like the idea of yusuf nurkic having to defend maxi kleba on on the defensive end no matter how well he can play down low kleba is just too good of a shooter Again, another blazer thorn in the side type of guy. Uh, so it'll that that'll be the chess match. Like, is Portland able to get away with playing Nurkic against a smaller team? It didn't work against Brooklyn either time. Uh, Portland didn't make it a point of emphasis to go down low to Yusuf. Now that could be 
a way to slow the game down. I think Portland, well, the, uh, the Dallas are the is the slowest team. Period. Yeah, I think Portland needs to slow it down. I think they need to muck it up. I I, I think they need to limit the amount of possessions that Luka Doncic is able to control with the basketball. And well, that's just I, doing exactly what Dallas wants. Yeah. What's that? They're the slowest team. Yeah, that's that's how I would play Dallas. Like I don't want to get an up and down track meet when you've got Luca handling the ball, passing out to Dinwiddie, passing out to Hardaway, passing out to Kleba. He has weapons. Finney Smith can hit wide open threes. Like that's how those other players get involved. If Luca if Luca is going to take fifteen to twenty seconds off of the shot clock and go ISO, like he's going to get worn down. I mean, That's, it, it kind of shows how awesome James Harden was on the Houston Rockets yeah. for doing what he did. Because Luca's already taking like rest games for doing this, like the same amount of usage. It just shows that, damn, what we witnessed with James Harden was so special because he played like damn near every game and did this like that. Houston Rockets James was crazy. Because as we as we have seen with Portland, their defense has regressed mightily. From when they were, you know, we were talking about Portland top 10 defensive rating. I think last time I checked, it was like 24th. Um, it's definitely. But in- do you think that we were pl- the 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 zone was positively impacting it? So our defense looked better. And now I think it's the it was national a small sample size. Oh, yeah, true. But yeah, That's- like you hide a lot in the, like you hide a lot as a zone defense. So. I remember that the zone was the most perfect plan for that New Orleans Pelicans game. And then we played Dallas and it was the most shitty plan. I don't know. As as teams realize that zones are more of a thing in this era of NBA, they're learning how to attack it. So I think that's part of it. And then I I feel like I felt like our defense was fraudulent from the beginning. So. We just yeah, we I, just were getting kind of lucky with some of the bad decision making that those guards did. Not really decision making. I think you just saw cold shooting nights. We were at opening night against Phoenix and they couldn't throw it in from the ocean. Oh, true. But um, you know, that zone sometimes that zone fucks people up, man. You see bad turnovers, bad passes. CJ McCollum was negatively affected by that zone. So that you know, sometimes, but you know, as 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 more people get more information, they can use that information to make better informed decisions. So yeah, the the, the scouting reports out in the zone. Like yeah. when people when the when teams see Portland go to at multiple positions, they have ways to now uh, counter it. So now it's up to Portland to decide when they want to play the zone. I think it needs to be more of a change up than an everyday pitch. Like I, I don't think you can go you, down. You and- don't want us to be a knuckleball pitcher that only plays zone. You don't want no. to be R.A. Dickie. R.A. Dicky. I think that's his name. No, that's a, a hard pass for me. I, I'm going to go the Dallas wind. But Portland just has – playing in Dallas is, like, so difficult. Oh, we, I think we lose too, bro. We it, rarely and they're win. tough. They're tough I at think Dallas. we're a better team than Dallas. I think if we would play in a seven-game series, I would say Portland in seven. But – Regular season in Dallas, it's almost been ever since Dirk was drafted. Portland just struggled. Um, I think it's going to be close. Uh, I think I think a similar contest to the first time around in November, but um, I have Dallas winning this one. And then Portland has to go back to back 
in Houston to take on the Rockets. Uh, this is another game where Portland really can't let slip out of their fingers. Two out of these three games, they're playing the bottom two teams in yeah, bottom the two. Western Conference. Uh, the Rockets are 8-18 eight and 18 on the season. Just 5-5 five and five at home. Um, again, they give up 116 points, so you can really put up points on them. Portland beat them earlier this year without Damian Lillard, 125 uh, to 111. Uh, Nurkic had 15 boards. Simons went 30 and seven. And obviously Shaden had that amazing sequence off the pass from Jeremy Pogo sticking for the jam. And then Keon Johnson hustles down the court, throws the lob Shaden finishes. And it was kind of a wrap after that. Um, is this a, th- is this a potential Dame gets a record game here? Or is this the game that's they're projected? That they, I don't that know the happened. projection. I said it, it could probably happen sometime on this road trip. So I mean I think Dame this is the perfect Dame gets gets the record game because they're so bad defensively. So you Dame is just gonna get full run at the that the hoop every time, man. I could see him getting like twenty foul free throws. Like it it's it's such bad he needs 107 more points to pass the record. So shout out to Sheriff of Portland because I just went to Twitter, I typed in Dame Drexler. And it was the the first thing that popped up. So it's like you've handled social media before. <laughs> so 107 points. That's whew, 33. I think he gets 35. it in this particular that's game. Like, that's like 35 a game. I, I mean, I, we're 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 in the midst of a damn heater. I think he gets it in this Rockets game. I think he's going to get it in one of the OKC games coming up. So I and I that's don't, next week, right? Yes, I don't. I think, think he gets it here. Okay. I think just, the San Antonio I mean, and, and Houston games are, are must win. I think oh, this for goes, sure. They're just so bad at everything. You can't let Jalen Green and KPJ do what they want. I think this is a tone setting game. I think this is a use of Nurkic. Nurkic setting. has to bully uh, our friend. Yeah, yeah, just has to. And, and, and he has to bully Alprin, Jabari, and, and uh, Usman Garuba. He just has to. Like this is what this is where Yusuf is gonna be a nerktastic game. But I think that Dame, I think Dame's number one. I think Yusuf is number two in terms of like the the points scored in this game. Yeah, if you look back to that first game, uh Damien wasn't even there. Really sh- yeah, Houston just shot terribly. Jalen Green was four of nineteen, so they did a really nice job defending him. And they didn't let Eric Gordon get too loose. He was their only player who shot over um, over 50% in, in the starting unit. But you called it. It was really Nurk. He was a beast. 27 and 15 with three blocks. And He puts I his loved, thing down this game. I, I, I feel very good about 17 it. 17 field goal attempts. That's what I loved to see for, from Nurk. Like that, that was beautiful basketball. Um, yeah. Uh, I think I we win. I, I, th- I think, think we win. I think the Rockets are just to bad. win. Yeah. I think they have to win. I, I think if you are the Blazers, you don't you don't get the benefit of the doubt that the Warriors have, where you can be so terrible on the road and be out of the playoff hunt, but still believe you're contenders. Like mm-hmm. Portland really hasn't put they don't have that sweat equity no, into, no. into a, a franchise. And it, if they lose this the one of these two games, it's the same old Blazers shit. Remember when we lost to the process Sixers because we were bragging about bodying them on the radio? That's gonna that's gonna trigger some bad memories of like Blazers of old. But uh, 
You ready to wrap this bad boy up? I know you have to go to bed and I got to get this Fortnite on. Yep, let's wrap this one up. <laughs> so we're available on iTunes, Stitcher, Himalaya Podcast. Everywhere that you get your uh, podcast, we're there. Uh, leave a leave a nice review, five-star us, and uh, we'll be back next week. Peace. Wherever you may be, this is Bill Shinley. Good night, everybody. Let's go!